I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and market channel. Great to have your company on this Thursday afternoon and look, the election's all over. It's decided because Sportsbet have just announced that they're paying out on Biden. So forget CNN, forget Fox News, anything that Sportsbet's paying out on Biden. So it must be a foregone conclusion. Uh, market's um, um, solid today on our market. Good night in America. And uh, I think they're happy because... Um, uh, yes, Biden gets elected, but he doesn't control both houses. A bit like uh, the status quo, what has been under Trump, just a new president going through. So there are the checks and balances going forward to markets like a bit of certainty. Um, for the next 60 minutes or so, we're going to take a look at 10 stocks that you've suggested we take a look at and we put it to two experts. Uh, joining us from Adelaide, our uh, studio in Lot 10 there, uh, Tim Haslam from Catapult World. Tim, good to see you, sir. How's your week been? G'day, guys. Oh, excellent, excellent. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, no, good to have you aboard. Didn't get out to the State of Origin. Was Adelaide a bit of a buzz last night with State of Origin or being a uh, AFL heartland didn't care much? Oh, personally, if, if poor powers are playing, I couldn't care less, mate. <laughs> All right, I forgot. You're a Crow supporter, are you? no. no. Um, maybe we won't have you back, back on in the future. No, only, <laughs> only, only, only joking. Only joking. Henry Jennings from Marcus today joins us in our Brangaroo studios. Henry, good to see you. Good to see you. How's the week been for you? It's been good. It's been interesting. It's been exciting, that's yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, um, yeah. it's never dull in financial markets, is it? No, exactly right. You've got US elections. One of the things that has been worrying me a bit is all these recent IPOs yep. are all underwater really quickly at the moment, aren't they? We've had, yeah. had a, a flood of them. Well, I, I guess we went through a flurry of ones that just went absolutely nuts and they were yeah. doubling and tripling on, on listing. Yeah. And then I guess that just kind of gets the, the wannabes involved and, and you get a few duds. And of course, we had news this week that uh, Ant Group, the world's biggest yes. IPO, was actually pulled. So it's it's been, you know, we've had RPA, we've had the Melbourne Cup. It's yeah. just been all happening. That's amazing. That Ant one in China, if you haven't caught up, it was going to be the biggest financial float in history. Yep. It's basically Alibaba's bank, isn't it? And uh, Jack Ma, of course, who's um, a great visitor to Australia, has connections here um, in Australia as well, personal connections. Um, he was called in by the, mm. by the Chinese government, the financial regulators, and went, no, maybe you're getting a bit ahead of yourself. And three days out from the float. I was going to say, they did, they did leave it till the midnight hour. I mean, it was supposed to float today. Yeah. And this, it was pulled when? Tuesday? I mean, it's, you know, if you it's, have got problems with the float, hey, you know what? It's coming. No, Say something. It's a bit deeper than that. A, <laughs> I, he said some stuff a couple of weeks ago that I don't think yeah. really helped either. It's uh, flexing your muscles, I think, yeah. there. Interesting. All right, before we get into your tech, uh, uh, 10 stocks, let's take a look at a stock of the day that I think is making news. Of course, National Australia Bank, latest of the big four banks to take a hit to four-year cash profits. Um, lenders near 30%, 37% sliding cash earnings, coming in just under $3.7 billion net profit after tax from Ordinary activities fell by almost half. Bank has cut its final dividend to 30 cents a share for a full year. Uh, full year payout, 60 cents. Ross McEwen, chief executive, says the outlook for business remains highly uncertain. The pace of recovery uneven across industries. Um, so, Tim, uh, what do you think of the NAB result? And uh, does, what's it like as an investment? Look, I think, I mean, you can replace NAB with any of the banks. Uh, yeah, profit down 37% or whatever it is. Um, costs increasing, provisions and remediation. Um, they're probably doing the right thing by being cautious with that sort of thing. 
at the end of the day, look, all, all the banks at CBA are looking cheap from a price to book value ratio um, point of view. Uh, for us, we think that we've, you, you've got COVID rolling off, Melbourne reopening, the, the federal budget was very household friendly. All those things are good um, in terms of um, the bad loans. Uh, and in terms of the one-off, these remediation costs, that stuff will eventually roll off. So when the economy starts booting up and things get bad, better on, we think that we're going to have a, a one-off kicker re-rate back up. Um, we certainly think they are cheap from a long term. Um, and then probably it's just a pure value dividend play. So it certainly is cheap. Uh, the question is when, when will that come back? Um, but I think in terms of the world, Australia is looking really good. Um, we certainly have all the groundwork for um, the recovery to come through. So for us, it's a buy, um, just like all the banks. Uh, it is a long-term wait and see approach. Okay, so you're buying all the banks at the moment, are you? You've got to buy on uh, XCBA, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, not okay. except for CBA, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think, Kevin? We haven't got any real exposure to the banks at the moment. We, yeah. we made a bit of a conscious decision with that. Um, we just thought the headwinds were too great. Um, the numbers weren't bad today. I mean, we knew they were going to be bad, yeah. and they made some nice optimistic noises. But it's really hard when you've got record low interest rates after what the RBA did mm. on Tuesday, and, yeah. and we saw, what was it, CBA and Westpac cut interest rates on, on mortgage loans, etc. Only, only on fixed. Only on fixed, yes. Not variable, right. yeah. But, but that is going to affect margins. There's, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. So, you know, we're, we're yet to see the, the real effects of coronavirus on the economy. We're, we've got this sort of... Uh, stimulated economy at the moment. We, yeah. we don't know what happens when the, the rug gets pulled completely. So I think there's still a lot of question marks about the whole banking sector. But certainly it, it's heading in the right direction with Victoria opening up. Things are heading in the right direction. But it, it's it's popping up on a few of our scans at the moment as, as potentially may have turned the corner. Mm. But uh, we'd like to see a bit more confirmation of that. Figures help. Yeah. Um, but um, at the end of the day, it's, it's hard to get really excited about them as growth stocks. I think there's better plays elsewhere. Because over 10 years, they've been horrible performers, they've haven't they? They've been terrible. The top four. They've been yeah. terrible. You yeah. know, they, but timing is everything in the market. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it is. And you look at most a lot of sectors, apart from you know, buy now, pay later, or technology stocks, over a period of time, gold stocks have been awful as well. And you yeah. know, BHP were 47 bucks not you know, 10 years ago, and now they're, they're 35 bucks. Yeah. So um, timing is everything. But, yeah. but the banks... It's, it's hard to get really excited about them, mm. I've got to say. They're, they're, they're kind of shrinking to become building societies. Right. And with a low interest rate environment, it's going to be about keeping costs down, remediation, keeping yeah. those, and keeping the bad debts under control. You know, they've got fintechs nipping at their heels. They've got the buy now, pay later guys nipping at their credit card margins, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hard to get really excited, but it is starting to show. A few mm. sort of scans are showing that maybe we should, uh, we should look at them again. Okay. All right. Um, let's get uh, stuck into uh, your 10 stocks you'd want us to have a look at. Uh, first up, Henry Tina wants a view on link administration. It's a, um, basically uh, an administration platform for superannuation funds, mortgages, uh, corporate markets. It's been under uh, sort of bit of takeover activity, hasn't it, from some private equity guys, yeah. uh, Carlisle Group and Pacific Equity Partners. PEXA is the, uh, the jewel in the crown for a link, which is an electronic co conveyancing company. It owns 44% of Commonwealth Bank. I didn't realise Commonwealth Bank uh, settles 80% of its mortgages through this PEXA provision. Yeah. There so you go. I didn't know quite that big. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Link? Um, well, it's... As you say, it's corporate action is happening yep. at the moment. We've got a $5.40 kind of quite one of the usual non-binding indicative takeover yep. approaches. And then there's the fact that uh, Link want to sort of separate PEXA yep. and do a deal with private equity, I think at $3.80 X PEXA. Right. So um, it, it's kind of complicated. The whole thing is pretty complicated at the moment. They have allowed due diligence, certainly a hold um, right. with, with all this corporate activity around. And as you say, I mean, PEXA, is kind of the jewel in the crown yep. uh, to some extent. That's obviously they're, they're valuing that at a dollar sixty, I guess. But um, it's it's been going sideways. It probably continue to go sideways till we get more clarification. So it's definitely a hold, right? Which that chart sort of shows when that yep. bid came came in. That's the yep. the recent little spike up and trending yeah. sideways. Uh, yeah, and as usual, the company said, you know, shareholders do nothing, wait and see. 
yeah. uh, see how things pan out. But um, clearly there is corporate interest in this business. It's, it's struggled for a, for a little while. It's got some European, UK stuff which has struggled a little bit. Uh, but if it did demerge PEX or do something with it, um, it, it's going to be interesting. So it's definitely a hold. But okay. uh, you know, 486. Here we are. 540 is the upside. Maybe 360 is the downside. It's kind of right. It's like a it's like a Biden bet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Tim, what do you think of uh, of Blink? Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, it's, it's a fair way off the 540, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's a good business. Uh, you know, um, one of the major players in. Superfund administration, they're playing on that thematic of uh, super funds trying to rationalise costs. So we're seeing that big trend of um, them taking over, outsourcing the, the administration. So that's a good, strong trend. Um, it's got a very highly concentrated client base. Um, and uh, we used to be worried that the, the low-hanging fruit's been picked. So the fact that they've gone to LAS and PEX is a good sign that they're seeing that. Um, we certainly think that PEX is, is the diamond as well. Um, for us, it's a hold. Even before, um, even before the takeover offer, it looked good. So probably these guys are being a little bit opportunistic, but uh, certainly it's, it's valuation-wise, it's looking cheap. Okay, all right. Um, Tim, uh, Mark wants a view on, on car sales.com.au, the, the big uh, digital car advertising platform, biggest in the country also, interest not only in Australia, but throughout Asia and Latin America. They uh, have, have bought similar sorts of platforms. Uh, one of the market darlings for a long period of time. What do you think of car sales at the moment? That's great. It, that's right. It's one of the great Australian disruptors. Um, I think it's got a 90% market share on, on the car classified space. 24% um, of um, group profit comes from South Korea and Brazil and Latin America. Um, the, the Australian business is probably looking a little bit, bit mature. So the fact that they've got that overseas growth stuff is a nice little kicker. It's interesting, we're seeing that throughout COVID, um, they've really benefited. So they, they saw that people were looking to do online research a lot more um, before they even stepped foot in a car lot. Um, and obviously with COVID, people are, are less keen to use public transport. Um, but that being said, the share price has been extremely resilient. I mean, you look at that, it certainly isn't looking cheap at a PE of around you know, 36. Um, for us, we, we look at BAPCorp and ARB um, their, their sales are going down or, or being stagnant. I know it's a different, different story, but we're, we're just finding it hard to see the rationale behind the current valuation. Um, I think previously during the mining boom when you had the, you know, the, the Cubs, the cashed up Bogans, that, that story really flowed through and made sense. But now we're sort of scratching our head thinking, prob probably it's a little bit too toppy for us. Sell, but it's a great quality company if you can pick it up for cheaper. Okay. All right, so would you go uh, what were you saying about ARB and Babcorp? Are they, uh, their, their sales have actually um, skyrocketed, haven't they? Are they a better bet if you want to get into into that that motor vehicle sector? Yeah, so that, their sales have their sales have been stagnant, and they've they've had some issues with them. So so during COVID, we're interested to see where the, where the money's going. So. Um, okay. So yeah, just just sort of watching the share prices together, trying to trying to rationalise those two together. Okay, uh, Henry, car sales. It's been weird, hasn't it? How during COVID, people have, have, have gravitated to shopping online, and not yeah. only shopping for plasma TVs, but also for cars and yeah. big and ticket items. Big ticket items. Used car prices have actually been going up. Yeah. Um, a lot of the the problem is the dealers can't get the stock because of supply chain issues. So that, there is a bit of a shortage around, you know, if you go to the dealers and there's a five month wait for your favorite ute, or you can go to car sales and you can buy a demo or a whatever. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I like the stock. It's a great dominant platform stock. Uh, they've obviously got some uh, overseas exposure with Korea, Latin America could come good as well. I mean, that five year chart, it's really performed, yeah, hasn't it? It, <laughs> it has performed. I mean, it is dominant. There's no other platform like it. If they yep. can, can if they can roll out as successfully in these other jurisdictions, then you know it's going to keep going. And I think COVID has taught us that there's winners and losers, and this yep. this is one of the winners. Um, they're putting in new features and new little cool gizmos and things, and and refining the platform. And there really is no competition here, and and there is a lot of activity in in the car space. Yep. And it does hinge a lot on the new car space as well, because dealers are a big driver of their business. But you know, this this is a good platform stock. It's just even, even at 21 bucks? It's not 21. cheap. Yeah. You've kind of got to close your eyes. 
Yeah. But um, and if, if there's a bit of a wobble in the market or a bit of a wobble in tech stocks, then it's one to be on your watch list so that you can uh, you can maybe try and pick up some cheapies. Certainly a hold. I right. wouldn't be going you know gangbusters into this at these kind of levels. Yeah. But you know weekdays nibble away, accumulate, yeah. and uh, I think you know in five years' time they'll they'll still be the dominant player in Australia. It doesn't seem to be anybody really coming up like uh, we've seen with, with, with other sort of online platforms. There, yeah. There's no domain to the real estate, the, the yeah. car sales or, or car sales. Yeah. And uh, they should push okay. into these uh, overseas areas. So quality company. Quality company, great management. In pullbacks. Yeah, just, just sit there and, and look at your price. You know, you look at the charts, 20 bucks. Right? Yeah. Just, you just sit there and if you get hit, you get hit. You just got to close your eyes. Otherwise, just nibble away at the moment. But yep. it's definitely a hold. It's a good okay. quality company. All right. Thank you for that suggestion, Mark. Appreciate it. Um, now, Henry Wong wants a view on QBE Insurance Group, <laughs> the big uh, general insurance group. Just appointed uh, an interim chief executive to uh, follow Pat Regan, uh, who, who left in September. So there was a, a few management issues, shall we say, uh, <laughs> at QBE. So management issues in a really tough sector. It's a, I just, it's just too hard, isn't it? I mean, yeah. this QBE has perennially disappointed the market. It's perennially surprised the market as well to the downside. And just when we thought they'd sort of gone through that period. <laughs> perennially surprised on the downside. On the downside. That's, a, that's but, not a great tag to have. No, it's not. And, but they did start to turn it around a little bit under Pat Reagan. Um, and then it all kind of fell yeah. into a bit of a disaster on the management side of things. Yeah. So um, it's you know, low interest rate environment. You're, you're basically a bookie. You, know, you, yeah. take, you take a pile of cash, you store it in your big bag, and you hope you don't have to pay out. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's just it's hard work. I, I, I wouldn't be selling it here. I wouldn't be buying it here. I think there's probably easier, cleaner, vanilla stories without the... You know, yeah. we haven't had a major major you know hurricane katrina for a while we haven't yeah. had one of these big events you're looking at a, a, a company that's exposed to global climate change yeah. in a low interest rate environment that struggles to, to get any kind of meaningful income on its investment portfolio because of that yeah. it's just hard work see see to explain to people that's that's their business model isn't it uh, you they get premiums from us yeah hoping they don't have to pay it so um, if they have to pay out a lot, well, then that buggers their bottom line. But while they hold your premium, hoping not to pay out, they then invest it, wanting yep. a big return on it. So yep. that adds to their profits at the moment. But in a low interest rate environment, it's hard, it's hard to get that It is, that because, because they can't invest in, you know, they can't invest in afterpay, for instance. They've no. got to put it in safe treasuries, bonds, gilts, yeah. etc. They're getting um, nothing on. Which they're getting nothing on, which, yeah. which makes it really hard. And what happens is you get a big disaster. Big disasters are actually not bad for QBE because they have a lot of reinsurance against it. Ah. It's the niggly ones. Right. Um, once you get over a certain level, the reinsurance kicks in right. and that sort of takes care of it to some extent. Ah. And also it, it means that they can, they're sneaky little buggers, they can then put the premiums up. Right. So, you know, if there's a massive uh, storm or a hurricane or something, once it's all over, they can put the premiums up and start to squeeze things higher, those, get those margins up, which, yeah. which is obviously good. And, and you want those big ones, because after a certain period, after a certain size of claim, their yeah. reinsurance kicks okay. in. But it's the niggly ones, right. the kind of... The, the odd hailstorm The odd hailstorm, that... the $500 million events, right. rather than 750 plus events. Right. So, um, okay. yeah, for me, it's just... It's it, too hard. It's just, insurance is a hard game. Yeah. In the low interest rate environment, it's a hard yeah. game. And, and as we always say on the call, you've got you've got 3,000 companies. Yeah, why pick the hard ones? Why pick a hard one, uh, yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim, what's your view on, on QBE? I, I completely agree. For us, it's a hold. I mean, they've, they've had everything um, but the kitchen sink thrown at them. They had the, the bushfires. Um, they have the hailstones on the East Coast every year. And now they've had a hit to their investment portfolio, which accounts for about 40% of their sort of profits. So it's really hard to see what the upside is from here. I mean. We're likely to be in a low yield environment for a very long time. That's the expectation. And so you've got all this downside risk and reinsurance costs, um, and then there's not much upside. I mean, what, what's the big thing that's gonna kick it up that's gonna, that's gonna bring it up? We certainly think it, it looks cheap, but given how volatile the markets are, given how unknown it is at the moment, it's just an extra added little bit of risk where you just ask yourself, why, why do you need this in your life? So yep. completely agree uh, for us, it's, it's a hold. 
Yeah, and Tim, when the Reserve Bank comes out and goes, we are not going to increase interest rates for three years, <laughs> you go, wow, okay, we are in a pretty low-yield environment for a long time, which is, which almost says to you, money's got to stay cheap for three years, so if you can go and borrow and put it in more productive assets, this is a great time. Exactly right. And, and that's the thing, like, do you want to wait three years for good news? Probably not. There's, there's lots of other exciting stuff out there. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, Tim, Matt wants a view on a company called Spectre. Now, when I put this in, all the James Bond stuff. I was going to say, <laughs> that was where I was probably on mine. And I was trying to go, no, I want the stock. Um, which, Matt, thank you for suggesting it because I hadn't come across this company before. Uh, security uh, surveillance uh, industry it's in uh, uses solar-powered security camera systems, which uh, using 3G and 4G te- uh, technology using a cloud-based platform. It's, it's quite an interesting little business by the sound of it. Um, one of the real minnows of the market. Have you come across it, Tim? What do you think of it? Never heard of it before. Um, oh. And this, this small cap space is, is probably my compatriots um, forte more than myself. But this is, this is the type of stock where you're at a barbecue and someone comes up, what do you do? And then they, they tell you about this stock you're invested in. It's, and it's like, oh, oh yeah. It, it sounds very exciting, you know, shark you know, detection systems and, and security. Very, very sexy, very techy. But I just looked at the chart and I thought, oh my God, this, this looks like you know, a basket case. I mean, the profit's been falling off. It's, it's burning cash. It's, it's slowed down its cash burn a little bit. And then you look at the mandates that management have, they haven't delivered really on any of them. So for me, whenever you, you play in this space, it has to be the risk adjusted return. You know, It's not just a good return. There's so many other options out there. For us, it's, this is just too hard. I mean, if you're an existing investor, and, and the other thing is with these little things, there's a lot, of, a lot of times there's a lot of insider trading stuff going on that there's no way you can really compete with them. I, I personally, unless I, would, unless I see some green shoots, some positive news, some positive momentum, um, it's not one I would touch. I mean, it looks like it still has a lot, a lot more downside risk yeah. as well. And so and far, by, it's by a, a void. By a look of the sort of block position on the chart, it's incredibly illiquid as well. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly, it, it's, it sounds fun and sexy. It's not, it's, it's a punter one. It's, it's certainly not an investment. Yeah. Henry? I should have brought the white cat, shouldn't I? <laughs> I could have sat there like Blofeld <laughs> from Spectre <laughs> and been quietly stroking it away. Yeah. Um, it's a $5 million company. It's wow. illiquid. Is that all it is? Yeah, $5 it's a $5 million wow. buck company. Okay. You know, it shouldn't really be, you know, it, it, yeah. it's here for whatever reason from an accident in the past. It, they sold a good story on the flight when you look at that five year yeah, chart. They, they it was up 47 cents. Yeah, they sold a, a good, they, they, they usually do sell a good story to begin with. You know, it's, it's a $5 million company and they've just raised 930 odd thousand bucks right. um, at an SPP at five cents, which is where the share price is, funnily enough. It's yeah. illiquid, um, you know, they're, they're in businesses which could benefit from the 5G and the internet of things. So there's that big addressable market, but this is a punter special. This is. You know, as Tim rightly says, this is a barbecue one where someone says, yeah. oh, I've just been told about this fantastic stock. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's, it's too, sp- I mean, I go small. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite happy to go small. Yeah, you usually um, are happy to go I'd small. But I'd still be quite happy right. stroking the cat, to be honest, <laughs> and avoiding this one. I just, I, I don't know enough about it. I hadn't heard about it till, yep. you know, uh, till it was sent through. So, yep, I'm going to stick there okay. with the cat. All right, stick with the cat. Um, Henry, let's go to the other no. end of the tech extreme <laughs> from a little $5 million one to probably a $5 yeah. billion dollar, uh, company in terms of Telstra. Jared wants uh, a view on the, uh, on the tech stock. <sighs> the tech stock. Mobile in the- market, monopoly business has mm. been in the past now, a lot more competition. There is a lot more. I think I'm going back with the cat, to be honest. Um, it, I mean, it's the big Goliath in, in mobile, yeah. but there's mm. other people nipping at their heels. TPG is, you know, yep. they've done the deal with Vodafone. The share price just done yeah. that ever since. Yeah, um, it's, I think, to be honest, Telstra needs an invigorated management team. Right. I don't think Andy Penn is the guy. Right. You know, he tries to look cool and techie yep. and, and talk techie from a Telstra perspective. 
but at the end of the day, it, it's a utility service provider yeah. whose business model was landlines, which has now been knocked off by the NBN and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's really hard to get excited about Telstra. Yep. Um, I, I don't think he's the man for the gig. And I think if they got someone in that wore a t-shirt or wore um, a hoodie or looked, actually <laughs> had some sort of enthusiasm for, for the tech side of things, yep. maybe. Okay. But it's been put to me, they yep. have uh, to spin off all their infrastructure yep. into a separate infrastructure fund. That would be a return of capital out of Telstra and maybe change the dynamics. They have tried that. They did try that some years ago and they got knocked back. And so what they've been doing is paying back that return of capital gradually right. as the NBN money has been paid to them in compensation for giving up their copper network. They have been paying that money back to shareholders, which is what's been keeping the dividend afloat to some extent. This is a nice yielding stock, but it's, it's, you know, it's become a utility yeah. and the big 5G drive that they were pinning their hopes on. Here we go, it's November. Mm. You know, it was supposed to happen this year. Yeah. It's November, and we're really not seeing that big 5G drive. There's the, obviously, with Apple now, with the 5G phone, maybe that's going to help them a little bit. But, you know, who, who really needs 5G? Yeah. And that, that's the, the big thing. Um, we haven't had the, the apps and the stuff built that needs 5G. Okay. It'll come. But it could be three years down the track, right. um, and that might be too so late. So it's got to act like a tech stock and have that culture rather than a utility stock. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. It's, okay. just, it's another one of these. You know, it falls into the QBE. Why? There's so many good stocks out there. Um, you look at it, it's just become a utility. It's yeah. just become ubiquitous. We just expect the internet. We expect the NBN. We expect all these services. And we're not really that prepared to pay for the big stuff. Right, okay. The big upgrade, because what we've got is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's hard right. to get excited about it. But and yield wise, maybe, but I wouldn't expect too much growth. Okay. Tim? Um, you know, every, every person that's watching this video probably has AMP, Telstra, BHP, Rio, and the banks in their portfolios right now. It's one that, you know, everyone's very familiar with. Um, one of the you know, biggest telcos, big infrastructure. It's a big, mature, cumbersome beast, essentially. Um, and really, they just got to stop the rot. You know, the, the total, you know, total group earnings have been slowly declining. Uh, we know about the NBN dropping off. They've got the T22 program to try and counter that. Um, they did the nice thing of, of um, suspending redundancies during COVID because they didn't want to make people um, unemployed during that time period, which was very nice. Um, for us, uh, the, and the five, same thing with the 5G network, you know, um, EPG and Vodafone, they've got experience rolling it out in Europe and Singapore, so they know what they're doing. So there isn't that much of a first mover advantage in our opinion. So for us, it, it's a, probably a one to two year turnaround story. They, all they need to do is stabilise earnings, just, just a flatness to the earnings and potentially can re-rate. I mean, I think it is a, it is a pure yield play, but when, once that good news comes through, once things settle down, it should probably be okay. I mean, I know, I know people have said that for a long time, but I mean, EBITDA, I think it's six and a half times versus TBG's 10 times. Relatively speaking, it, it is looking cheap compared to some of the competitors. So for us, just hold in there. Um, we've got it as a buy. It is looking cheap. It did, did mount a little rally before. I think probably because of the banks were cutting dividends, people were just chasing yield. Um, certainly, I think when things stabilise, uh, it can come back, but it's just going to take a bit of time. Right. So you reckon uh, accumulate it now or, or just wait for a while? I'd say dollar cost average, just slowly, slowly pick it up on, on the down days. Um, you know, it, it'll be a slow one. And if, if, it's not, if you're not chasing yield, don't even bother with it. But yeah. it is purely just a, a cheap yield play that, that should re-rate upwards at some point. Okay. All right. Let's uh, just run through the, uh, our uh, first five stocks, including our stock of the day. Uh, NAB, uh, a note from Henry. Um, Tim um, thinks the, the big four banks are starting to turn around. So a yes from him on NAB. Um, Link administration a hold from both of them because you've got takeover play and activity there. See how that um, pans out. Uh, a hold if you've got it for car sales from, uh, from Henry. Uh, Tim would be selling it, take some profits at, at this level. Um, QBE, just too hard to, to get into. Uh, Spectre, too small. 
um, and really haven't delivered on their promises in the past. Uh, a Telstra, a no from Henry, and Tim saying, look, nibble away if you're a, a yield investor. That's about the, the only attraction to it. All right, here at the call, we have our own portfolio. We've been tracking since July the 1st. Any stock that gets two thumbs up from our expert panel goes into it. Let's take uh, a look at how it has been doing. The last week down 3.4%, uh, the month is up 4.4%, and since the 1st of July, up just under 14%. Uh, if you take a look at some of the stocks we've recently added, uh, Appen, and also following our ETF special that we had uh, on Friday, um, added Morningstar's Global Tech Fund, the video gaming and sport esports ETF, the new Ch uh, new China the China New Economy ETF, and the Property Securities ETF as well. Some of the stocks that didn't get a unanimous buy when they came back up on the panel, uh, Novanix and Goodman Group were recently taken out, and you can check out all of the stocks and ETFs in the portfolio. Go to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And uh, this afternoon on The Pulse, we take a look at how the currency markets have reacted to the gridlock in the US elections. Uh, Mark Lim from um, Apex is joining us at 1.40 this afternoon. All right, let's get into uh, the next round of the final five stocks you've suggested us to take a look at on the call this hour. And uh, Tim Raju um, wants a view on New Farm. That's the, the big crop protection and, and seed company. They help farmers protect their crops and, and provide them with seeds for, for new crops in Australia, New Zealand, Asia, more than 100 companies um, around, around the globe. Uh, new, form, uh, new Farm, rather, one of the ag, ag stocks. Tim, what's your view on it? New Farm, it's certainly been an exciting ride. Um, I, <laughs> I, I must say, it's been a stressful one. Um, you know, it, it's a great one. You think about it, it's chemicals, it's um, herbicides, that sort of stuff. It's a very cyclical industry. And, and as such, it also has the seasonal effects on top of that. Um, Europe operations have been hit really hard. Um, they've done the right thing to try and cut costs and there's been um, impairments there. Um, for us, we just remember back, not that long ago, they were in big, big trouble. They were in deep, deep trouble. They sold off their South American assets and, and luckily it was for a really good price. They were able to halve their gearing ratio from three to one and a half. For us, this is just, it, it does look cheap. From a valuation point, it's cheap. You just need to know what you're getting into. You just need to know it's definitely going to be a bumpy ride. Um, you're definitely going to have variables completely out of their control that's going to be constantly attacking them. Um, risky, I'm going to put it as a cautious, cautious buy. But, you know, it, it probably, it probably is a, it's got a very strong brand. The lawsuit stuff adds a little bit of flavour to it. But, um, yeah, probably cheap, so buy. Okay. And is it, is it one of those... Because... Um, the ag sector goes in cycles all the time, a bit like, bit like resources. Is it a good bellwether for the for the ag cycle? Like you read that, you know, wheat farmers um, literally making hay while the sun shines at the moment. Uh, big crop yields coming through. Does that always get reflected in new farms share prices? That a, a a barometer of of that ag cycle. Yeah, I think so. Just to some extent. But they've got a lot of other stuff going on in the background. Right. Um, and, you know, the, and especially, I mean, previously it was a debt issue that kind of the noise from Monsanto lawsuits and all that stuff, it kind of sort of, you know, made it a little bit extra lumpy in addition to that. But, yeah, I, I think so for the most part. But, yeah. Uh, Henry, what do you think of New Farm? <sighs> it's had a tough three years, that's yeah. for sure. The chart's been going one way and that's down. Yeah. Um, as uh, Tim says, they, they sold their South American business for a pretty good price, which save their bacon to some extent. Europe is still a, a bit of a problem. North America is a bit of a problem. It, you know, Roundup is, is what they sell a lot of. Right. Um, that's not got the greatest... Oh, the weed killer. Right. Yeah, that's okay. the weed killer. Um, the Monsanto lawsuits and all the Bayer stuff, that's, that's not good. It swirls around. If, if you want to go ag, I think there's easier ag stocks to right. go. A lot of the negativity, though, is priced in and... We've seen that every dog has its day, even AMP. Yeah. Um, I'm not suggesting that this is, but 
there is a lot of bad news priced into this stock. Right. So um, the merest piece of good news, and we've seen this today with, uh, with Ingham's to some extent in mm. the ag space, the yeah. stock was really under pressure. Feed prices were going up, um, pressure on margins. <coughs> Stocks bounced 14% today after, yeah. after its um, earnings update. So yeah. um, there, there's, there's clearly, uh, it's not the most uh, research sector. People tend to gravitate towards elders, which kind of covers yeah. all things to all men. And also Intertech pivot a few people going to on the, because of that fertiliser exposure. pivot with the, with the exposure yeah. um, and they've got obviously the, uh, the explosives as well. Yeah. But um, you just kind of think that maybe there's some, some room for improvement because all the bad is, is, is priced in. But yeah. again, there's just easier stories out there. Um, it's starting to make some small signals that maybe there's a turn, yep. but they are small signals. And Europe, you know, who knows what's going to happen with COVID as far as you know, the lockdowns go, how that will affect agriculture, how that will affect plantings, how that will affect the economy. Um, I'd, I'd just avoid it for the time being until yep. there's more runs on the board from the company proving that they've really turned the company around and the corner has been turned. So, yep. um, yeah, just avoid it for okay. the time being. Uh, and speaking of uh, Ingham's, um, for the regular viewers of the call, it was up on Tuesday. Gary Glover uh, from Novus was saying, hey, it's been absolutely smashed. It's a great little business. Uh, he would be buying it on, um, called on it. Tuesday. Called so it, called it well. If you did it, uh, what is it, 14%? Yeah. It's up the last couple of days. Um, all right. Uh, Mohammed wants a view on the other uh, major listed classifieds business. We talked about car sales in the car sector in the previous half hour. Mohammed wants a view on REA Group, which is, uh, does a similar thing in the housing market. If you're looking to rent or buy a house, you usually go through realestate.com.au to check out all the valuations and what's available. Um, what do you think, Henry, on REA Group? They, they do have a big competitor or a reasonable competitor yeah. here in, yeah. in domain, don't they? They do. It's not, a, it's not quite a uh, one-horse race. This is a, no. a slight two-horse race. One and a half. But, it, but it is, yeah, it's the, it's the <laughs> dominant platform. 62% yeah. owned by News Corp. So it's not the most liquid of stocks. Right. Um, it is a dominant platform. We haven't seen the property downturn that many predicted. No. We've seen a hollowing out in some parts of the market in terms of CBD, people moving out to the regions, but there's lots of activity out there. Yeah. Um, these, these guys, it's, it's, it's definitely still a buy, I think. Yeah. Um, Australians are still, we're still property nuts, really. Look at that March lows, because yeah. everyone thought the housing market would be smashed in a recession, 65 bucks, now back up to 128. Yeah, and you know, if, if we have got rid of COVID in Australia, yeah. As long as we don't let anybody in or let anybody out, and we can fire up the internal combustion engine of the Australian economy without um, inputs yeah. from, from outside, um, you know, we're, we're going to still do pretty well. And I think real estate is, is one of those businesses. It's just a quality managed yeah. business, great platform. It's, and it's thin as yeah. well. And it's the, the go-to. If you want to go tech, you go to real estate, Seek. Or we've seen a few issues with Seek. But... Yeah. Um, that, that's the way to go, those dominant platforms, and okay. I think real estate fits in. So even well. though record high, basically 128 bucks? I think it's just, you just close your eyes. Yep. And, and you, you know, you kind of... And, and, do you, and you see it as one of those stocks that would be in your core portfolio. Yeah. But a foundation stock to, to your portfolio. Yeah. And, and if you get times like back in March when we had the March Madness yep. and the big sell-off and the world's coming to an end, then you, you, you yeah. just say, well, okay, I believe in the, in the platform and I believe that our yeah. obsession with property is going to come back at some stage and uh, you, just, you just buy it. So you just look for opportunities yeah. when the, the market wobbles and you pick up quality stocks. And, and low interest can. rates plays into that property well, market. Yeah, well, low interest well. rates. And, and, and not as high unemployment as the Reserve Bank was saying. On not, the, low interest on rates as far as the eye can see, yeah. you know, three years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can lock in those rates. Uh, people are moving, people are changing their, their lifestyles, the work yeah. from home thing. Yeah. This all plays into real estate, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, Tim, what do you think of REA? Yeah, it's, it's another one of the great Australian disruptors, isn't it? You know, it's, it's a great quality company. Um, the move from print to online has been a good long-term trend. Um, online is cheaper as well. Um, for us, it, it's more of a story of um, 
what what matters to realestate.com and, and for them it's, it's churn of listings and premiums and mm. ad penetration so even though that the housing prices have been held up and, and certainly been supported by interest rates being low you got to think about well on countering that is the responsible lending legislation and so when when people when people are going to you know churn and flip and and get a lot of those listings through well that's that's what they need i mean the price the house price has been partially held up by a restriction on supply as well yep. so we're not for us it's a bit of a false economy in terms of the housing market but that's what we need we need to see, we need to see pure volume going through so that being said look it, it's held up amazingly well and that's a testament to its quality it's a good quality company but at the current p and the current valuation for us it's a bit, it's a bit too scary to put new money to it yep. so i'd say probably it's a hold it's one you do want in your portfolio um, you might want to take profit on it, but uh, I guess I'll leave it as a hold for now. Okay. All right. Uh, Tim, Leslie, um, thank you, Muhammad, for that suggestion. Now, Leslie wants a view, Tim, on Viva Energy. They they own all of the Shell stations and convenience stores, don't they? And uh, also um, have that uh, Geelong oil refinery, which has been in the news recently with a uh, with shake-up of oil refineries. What do you think of Viva? Viva, it reminds us of Caltex, doesn't it? You know, it's yep. got a um, petrol stations essentially. It's got a refinery that's got issues and, and margin problems. Um, for us, it comes down for us to you know the long term mega trends. Is this a stock you're you're comfortable holding for the very long time? And for us, the answer is probably no. I mean, you think about the electric car trend. That's a long way away, um, but it is coming. We, we probably think it's you know 10, 15 years away before it's you know mass in your face. Um, for us, it is cheap on valuation. It does look cheap, but you'd have to have an exit plan. You know, what, what, are, they, what are they gonna do come that time period when that happens? Either they're gonna potentially get taken out or, or maybe they might actually look to rebrand themselves and, and go to electric. Well, guess what's gonna happen then? They're gonna come knocking on your door with a handout asking for money for a capital raise most likely. You know, that's not how it works. It's supposed to be the other way around. You should give, be giving me money. So yeah. for us, uh, it, it's, a, it's an avoid. Um, cheap, yes. Um, I'd say hold if you've already got it. Um, so probably just leave it as a hold. Okay. Henry? Um, it's a complicated business, a lot of moving parts. The refinery makes it even more complicated, yes. I guess, and makes it political. And we've seen how that can distract management, especially you look at AGL, which had the whole um, politics around yep. their uh, coal-fired power stations, which really hasn't done them any favours. Um, and as Tim says, this is, this is a long-term thematic of... of combustion engines, it is a long-term thematic because yeah. we're pretty slow in this country with this side of things. And Viva could very well pivot to electric charging. And at the end of the day, it's a retailer as well. You know, they, they sell yeah. stuff uh, apart from with just the petrol. Convenience stores. And they've yeah. got the aviation fuel side of things and you're not going to have an electric 747 or, yeah. or electric A380 for some time to come. So um, it's probably trading in a range at the moment. 160, 180 is probably the range. It's up towards the top of that range can't get excited about it. I think the politics around the refinery will get complicated. Um, Victoria yeah. opening up again does help. That does drive that demand. But, um, you know, it's just another one of these stocks. So you look at it and you think, yeah, there's just better things and easier, yeah. easier stories to latch onto that you know that in five, ten years' time will be bigger than they are. Right. Whereas five, ten years' time with Viva, you've got to question whether they're actually going to be around in the format they have or they're going to be converted into blocks of units on every petrol station because yeah. they've just got charging stations yeah. for everyone's got a tesla okay all right uh thank you for that leslie um now henry is the next stock worth latching on to robin is asking collins food um it uh, has uh, basically either owns or fr is franchisee of the sizzler kfc and taco bell uh, food chains in not only Australia, but also Germany, the Netherlands, Thailand, and Japan. So, if you if you like takeaway food and you want to invest in it, this yep. gives you a pretty good spread. What if do you, you think of Collins? If you like Kentucky Fried Chicken, this is the one for you. <laughs> and it's it's another one that's been kind of COVID proof yep. to some extent, and people still wanted to go out and they could pull up in their cars, stay safe stay um, contactless, do the, do the drugs, do the drive-through, yep. still feel as if they're getting out and about, getting their, their, their quick, um, fast food fix. I do like this stock. I've liked it for, for, a, for mm. a long time. Um, but it's price. It's, you know, it's, it's done pretty well. You look at that chart yep. and uh, it's not come off much. But you know, I think we could 
easily push back towards you know 11 bucks again without too much trouble with this one especially as the economy opens up and people yeah. want to go back to doing what they used to do in the old-fashioned way as opposed to the the, the newfangled way so yeah. yeah still like this one I must admit good good management good product yeah. um, at around course. under three, under eleven bucks here, slightly yeah, under. It's ten bucks at the moment. I think you could yep. easily see ten ten percent upside. One of the issues, I yep. guess, is it's somewhat weather related. If you get a great summer, yep. um, everyone is going to be out and about watching cricket, doing normal stuff, eating KFC, etc. Um, but it has proven to be COVID proof and pivoted well, and it's great brands, good management. Um, mm. It's hard to fault okay. apart from the prices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd rather pay nine bucks than ten bucks, but it, I think it'd probably go to eleven bucks. Okay. Uh, Tim, what do you think of uh, Collins Foods? Yeah, I think it's an excellent, um, excellent business. Um, it's an excellent corporate model. They've kept control of their branding. Really good advertising. Um, you know, the advertising gets me. I, I sometimes I'll buy a KFC. I always regret it because I personally I think it's gross. But they then they always get me again without advertising. <laughs> so um, there was there was a bit of talk about um, uh, healthy eating trends coming through. I tell you what, when I walk around the office at work, I'm not seeing any evidence of that at all. Um, they've all clearly the Europeans agree it's doing terrible in Europe. Um, Sizzler's obviously probably dead now, but they're still getting a bit of royalties from it. But from us, it, it's about they've got great cost control, great cash flow, um, great model, um, and they've done a great job with the brand. So for us, it's a hold. You would definitely buy it on weakness. I, I agree, it's, it's looking a bit toppy, but it's a hold. It's a quality, quality company. Okay. And, COVID has just proven another thing where, you know, when, when times are down and times are tough, people want comfort food. And, and yep. that's just been a great little kicker for them. All right. Uh, Collins Food v. Um, Domino's. What's your preferred? Um, I, think, um, I think Domino's has got an excellent management team. They're doing great things. But Collins Foods um, has proven themselves. That's the thing. You okay. look at the share price, look at the valuation. They've actually, they've actually done what they're going to do, where I feel Domino's is probably a little bit behind them in terms of their development. Okay. So I'd, I'd say Collins. Okay, Henry? Collins Pe v. Domino's? Pizza or fried chicken? Yeah. <laughs> like the taco <laughs> advert says, that. why can't we have both? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I got to say, pro Dom Domino's always tries to portray itself as a tech stock. Yeah. Um, comfort food, they're both in the same space. I'd, I'd probably go with Collins. Right. Um, I, I don't think there's as many s smoke and mirrors right. with with Collins, whereas, <laughs> whereas Domino's kind of tries to to you know look over here. We're a tech stock. Look over here. You can yep. talk to your yeah, driver yeah. as he's coming up the road and see yeah. what music he's. I don't care. Right. You know, I want my five dollar pizza. Pizza. Um, that is hot and on time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Our final stock, uh, Jock wants a view, Henry, on Templeton Global Growth Fund. Um, well, it does what it says on the box, doesn't it? Yep. Um, it looks at global growth stocks, investing global growth stocks. Uh, you look at what they've got. They've got uh, big positions in United Parcel, Samsung, uh, Comcast, JP Morgan, Sumitomo. It's NTA is $1.38. It's trading at $1.30. So a very smallish discount to that oh. NTA. And there's a lot of, of LICs out there that have um, bigger a lot bigger discounts and some even have premiums where you're buying you know a dollar's worth of assets for a dollar twenty and right. twenty percent of the assets are cash and you're scratching your head and thinking why are people buying this yeah, stuff yeah, um, th these guys trading a small discount uh, it's it's it does what it says on the box it, it's a good <coughs> quality fund manager investing in in the sexy part of the, the world so a good manager though good manager okay. um, they're, they're relatively transparent as well which is good what you want with an LIC is one that you can see what they've got yeah uh, and they regularly report. You don't want one that says, oh yeah, this is the NTA. And then the next month it's gone up by 10 cents or 10% yeah. or down by 10%. And they don't really, exp it's like, you know, when you were at school doing your maths problems, yeah, yeah. explain your workings, guys. <laughs> you need to see your workings because that's right. where the marks are. Yeah. So if, the, if these guys are transparent and these guys are, then that discount is, is closed up to their right. NTA. But if, if you're not transparent, you say, oh, it's all a black box. We're not going to tell you how it works. Yeah. Everyone just goes, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's too the hard. The that's the ones with the bigger discounts. Okay. So um, it does what it says on the box. Quality management, good fund manager, invested okay. in the right things. It's transparent. Um, you know, if, if the assets that it owns go go well, it will go well. But there's okay. there's not a huge discount. So, All right. um, yeah, it's good. Uh, Tim? 
Um, I agree with that. I mean, the, the leak story is basically the same across the board. Most of them have got a slight discount to NTA. Um, for us, just looking at the performance, you, you've got a, a short period of recent outperformance and then a very long period of underperformance. And for that, they're charging a 1.2% fee. Um, for us, given their performance, that, that's a bit pricey. Um, you know, the, it, we like that it's a growth oriented fund. I mean, growth has outperformed value for a very long time now. I don't see anything changing that yet. But, um, and, it's, and it's mostly exposed to the US and Japan, very heavy ratings there. But for us, you know, it, it's just an almost generic you know, lick that hasn't performed amazingly well with a slight discount to NTA. I mean, all, all the index um, ETFs seem to be doing quite well. Um, for us, it makes sense that you'd go to active at the moment, but then there's, there's so much unpredictable stuff going on at the moment. Who, who would have predicted that JB Hi-Fi would go gangbusters in the middle of a recession? And a lot of these guys are underperforming due to the unpredictability of not seeing a pandemic for so long. So right. it, it's probably, it's a hold, it's fine. Um, and especially if, if you want growth, active management, then perfect. It, it ticks the boxes, so hold. Okay. All right. Okay, let's just recap the, uh, the final five stocks. Uh, New Farm... A no from Henry, a cautious buy from Tim. Uh, REA, a yes from Henry, um, a hold from Tim. Uh, Viva Energy, a no and a hold. Collins Food, uh, a yes from uh, Henry, a hold from Tim. And the same with Templeton uh, Global Growth. Um, Tim from Catapult Wealth in Adelaide. Great to have you aboard again. Good to see you. Thanks very much for having me on, Koshi. And Henry Jennings from Marcus today. You can go and cash in your Biden bet now. It wasn't big enough, but it oh. was it was nice. What did you get at? Uh, Three dollars twenty. Oh, and the, and the big Florida sell-off, and then yeah, it was yeah. It was like a yo-yo yesterday, wasn't it? It was fun to, fun to watch. Yeah, fun yeah, to watch. Exactly. All right, mate. Good to see you. Good to see you. All right, that's our show for today. If you'd like us to uh, cover any stocks you're interested in, send an email to call at osbiz.com.au or via um, Twitter using the at TV handle. Reminder, if you want to see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Um, catch up on everything that's happened in the day in business and finance with the COB, uh, an email every afternoon from Nadine and Scuddy wrapping up the day and what's happened on the markets and in business. To subscribe, go to osbiz.co slash join. It'll be in your inbox. 5.30 in the afternoon. And the Startup Daily Show between 2 and 3 today. Um, uh, they're joined by Michael Fredericks from Foo, which is a new buy now, pay later service to give Aussies quick access to cash. That's coming up on the Startup Daily Show. So a lot more happening on Ausbiz throughout the afternoon. A lot to look forward to. Stick around. In the meantime, we'll see you for the call at midday tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.